That was uh, our boy Curb Dog giving the announcements this morning. He is absolutely hilarious. He is by far one of the funniest people that I've ever met in my life. And uh, really quick, just a short story. Uh, he he came to a um, a bonfire that we were having a couple of months ago, and you know, like we we had no clue that like the Holy Spirit was going to break through that night. We were literally just playing music. We were strumming the guitar. And, you know, the Lord told me to, to give him a little word of encouragement that, you know, uh, that he still is loved and he's still chosen to, to be a part of the kingdom. And he's, his life has completely been a, a 180. And uh, I'm super, super proud of him. And he's continuing to grow. <clears throat> All right. I have a couple of announcements before uh, I get started. One is that there is a, I want to get this correct because I don't want yelled at. There will be a meeting downstairs after church for skit people. So if you're in the skit, you probably know what that means. There's a meeting for you. And then another announcement is, okay, there's a basket for Easter eggs and candy for the kitties um, beside the kiosk. So if you guys have candy or Easter eggs that you want to give to the kids for the April 9th, and as Kirby said, it's for the kids um, so grown-ups, parents, old people, not allowed. Um, but if you have those things, you can br- uh, keep them in the kiosk um, sometime before April 9th. All right, so I'm going to give a couple stories before uh, I begin to preach. And the first one is this week on the news I saw in uh, Texas, there are these four guys uh, that walked into a church. And when they walked into the church, the pastor automatically knew that something was up. And when um, they walked in, he immediately started praying. He was praying that God would break every single hardened heart in the building and um, that his love would overwhelm all of the people there in the building. And the the Holy Spirit told him that the uh, four guys that walked in had guns in their waists and that they were uh, going to rob the church of money and uh, point their guns at people so that they could get what they wanted. And... um, which is, which is amazing that the Lord just was protecting those people. But he, he felt like he was led to go and walk up to them. So he's, he's walking down the aisle, and he's encouraging people, and he's, he's praying for people as he's walking up and down the aisle. And then he gets into the very back where these four men walk in, and um, the Lord just begins to tell them uh, that, you know, that they're loved, that they're chosen, that they came here not f- to shoot anyone, to rob anyone, but they came here to get their life changed. And so um, these, these four young men that went in there um, to rob the place were, were transformed immediately, and they begin to weep. And there's a video I actually saw on uh, Fox News, and the, the boys all, like, their heads are just right in their knees, and they're, and they're just absolutely crying. And the pastor said, you know what the enemy meant for evil, God has turned for good. And so the, the pastor went on Fox News uh, later that day, and he said, we've kind of forgotten in the world that there's power in prayer. And that if, if we're not praying, then we're, we're slowly falling out of the power that is connected to the Holy Spirit. And so I just want to encourage you with that. You know, we, we need to begin to pray because prayer is going to protect you and prayer is going to watch over you and it's going to help you in your walk. So the, the title was Growing Pains. And then on my notes, I made a line through pains and I put prayers so we're going to talk a little bit about both, growing pains and growing prayers. This month, we are in a new series. It's called 
rated M, uh, mature audiences only. And some of the content is not for those immature believers. And we don't want you to be an immature believer. We want you to mature and grow up. And uh, I think that's really funny because a couple of, was it a month ago, me and my sisters had the who's the most mature conversation. So we, we had a conversation, me and my sisters. We, we have a debate night probably about every night at the dinner table. Um, and and we, we debate hard. We, we debate really hard about controversial stuff, about um, the most recent one is the ketchup bottle. Um, and we, we just go hard at it. So one night... Um, we were left alone. Uh, my mom and my stepdad went out somewhere um, in the country, and they left. And we were talking about, well, who's in charge now that it's just the three of us here in the house? And they were like, well, I'm the most mature. And I was like, eh, I don't, I don't think so. And they were like, well, it's, I'm sure it's not Matthew. He is not mature at all. And I was like, yeah, I, I would agree with that. I'm very mature. And then Mary said, my older sister Mary, she said, well, I, I'm probably the most mature. I said, well, what makes you mature? You can't cook. You can't do anything else. Like, what, what makes you mature? And she said, and I'm not kidding, she said, well, I have a mature mindset. And I was like, okay, I, I mean, I don't know what that means, but I mean, if you believe you've got a mature mindset, then we'll, we'll leave it at that. So as I was preparing to open up week one of uh, mature audiences only, that's the first thing that came to my mind is having a mature mindset. So what we want to submit to you guys this month is how do you get that mature mindset that my sister Mary was talking about? You know, she's not the, the, the brightest crayon in the crayon box, but you know, the, the Lord was obviously speaking through her that, that day, whether she knows it or not, the Lord was speaking through her and it's all jokes. We all, we all poke at each other. Um, but that's, that's our goal this month. Okay. That we're, we're going to learn how to have a mature mindset in Christ and we're going to renew our minds and we're going to grow in the way that we can mature. Another story, um, my girlfriend Bailey, the most beautiful person in the whole world, she's on the front row this morning, um, she is a little bit of a, perf a perfectionist, and um, she's a hard worker, one of the most hardworking people that I know, and uh, one of her character um, applause, I'm not going to call it a flaw, it's a character applaud, um, is that she's driven uh, to fix anything that isn't working. So if, if something isn't working the way that it needs to, she's going to try to fix it. And I love all these qualities about her, and they're really, really great. Um, but I know another woman in my life that has a lot of those same qualities, and please forgive me, my mother. My mother, on the other hand, is a little bit of a perfectionist as well, but she is on the obsessive-compulsive or order. She's not going to watch this, so I'm going to talk about her, Okay. <laughs> So she's, she's OCD, and if you are watching, I love you, forgive me, you never heard any of this. Um, she's OCD in every area that she's also a perfectionist. So every area that she's a perfectionist, she's also OCD. And everything has to be in a specific order. The lawn, uh, the grass, all the flowers, the, the flower beds, the furniture, the laundry, all the cleaning. I mean all the cleaning. Stuff that doesn't even need cleaned is clean because it has to be done her, her way. And so like most perfectionists, everything has to be 100% the way the person sees fit 100% of the time. Perfection, of course, is impossible on this planet, at least in the way that we tend to look at it, right? 
On this planet, we are not going to have anything that is perfect because sin came into the world, and now that has ruined the chance of having 100% perfection 100% of the time. In the Bible, the Greek word often translated for perfect is teleos. And I might have mispronounced that, but let's just flow with it. Teleos refers to something that is whole, complete, or finished. So we have a finished work, right? Our salvation Our spirit man has been made perfect, right? It is complete, and it is finished. But another word for perfect, right, that teleos, there's another meaning as well, and it can fulfill its purpose because it has all that it needs. So that is a very different understanding of the word perfect that many of us might have. We tend to associate the word perfect with achieving some ideal state of what? Excellence. We have to be perfect in in everything. We have to be excellent at all that we do. Performance and that performance-based mindset that can get you into religion and into the old law and also morality. So, So when we think that we have to be perfect no matter what, those are usually the three things that we're trying to make everything perfect. So something that is in our minds does not need to change because it doesn't have any flaws. I'll say that again. Something that is perfect in our minds does not need to change because it doesn't have any flaws. Perfectionists, those are people who strive for perfection in every area. So let, what, what is the biblical concept of being perfect then? So it is less about striving toward some impossible ideal and more about maturity right? We're perfected by our faith, right? So the more that we are trying to be matured and we're striving towards something, um, it's, it's, it's about that maturity is what we want. It is the idea of becoming more complete, more congruent with the design and purpose that God has made for us. So perfection is about becoming more you. Perfection, therefore, is less about the goal and more about the process. It is all about becoming more mature. What are we talking about this week, this month? Maturity, right? So raise your hand if you were ever a child. Some of you were never children. That's awesome. That's crazy. So when you were a child, you grew up, right? And you grew up a lot. Um, and however, I guarantee you, you probably missed the process. You know, when we're growing from a, from a young age to where you are now, I mean, I'm 22, I'm, I'm getting up there. Um, you, you don't always see the growth. You don't always see the growth. You can't always predict the growth, and you can't always control your growth. You know, I am almost a spitting image of my father, Jesus help me, but, you know, he's short and stocky. I can't control that I am now short and stocky just like him. It just happened, right? It was unstoppable. And even during the growth process, it's been a little painful. Spiritual maturity is the exact same. You know, it's slow. It's inevitable. It's natural. It is natural to grow. It is natural to mature. And it's unstoppable. Um, it's, it's little by little, right? You grow little by little. I remember when I was a little kid, me and my sisters, we would go to the wall and we would try to measure ourselves every single day to see who was the tallest. And we had to learn that it's, it's little by little that we're growing. And, and once again, you know what another word that resonates with maturity is, is pain. It's, it's painful to mature. Remember, our spiritual maturity or growth, um, that 
even including sinning less, right, isn't connected to our salvation. Salvation is a gift from God by grace. So we don't go to church, we don't pray, we don't worship, we don't fast, we don't avoid sin, love our neighbor, help people in order to be forgiven. That part of our journey is perfect. It's like I was talking about earlier. That part of our journey is already perfect. We don't have to do those things in order to be forgiven. We have already been forgiven once and for all. We do all of those things that I just mentioned because we are forgiven. If you're taking notes, I want you to remember this. This has helped me uh, in the last couple months that the, the life that we live as believers is a life of from and not for. So, so we're doing everything from a forgiven mindset and, and not for. So this is the way we must live our lives. We must do all of those things that I listed, right? You, you must do all of those things. Those are things that you must do to be a mature believer. But we do them in, in our walk with God, right? We, we don't do them because that's what we do to get saved. We do them in our walk. And walking with him causes growth and maturity. When you walk with Jesus, uh, you begin to, you think like him, you speak more like him, you act more like him, and that, that right there, that's true perfection. If you want to be perfectly mature and perfectly perfect in the eyes of Christ, you know, striving to be like him is the goal. We see the word tetelion multiple times in the book of James. So if you've got your Bibles or um, you're a young person and you have your phone, you can go to the Bible app and go to James uh, chapter 1, uh, and we're looking at verses 2 through 4, and I am reading from the NASB. When you're there, say amen. All right, so here we go. Consider it all joy, my brothers and sisters, when you encounter various trials, underline various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance, underline endurance, and let endurance have its perfect results, underline perfect result, so that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. So I am a very hot person, uh, humble, open, and transparent, right? Um, and if I'm going to be open, transparent right now, I hate trials. I do, I do not want any trouble in my life. I want no tests in my life. I do not want anything to be hard in my life. Uh, Garrett and I and Kirby and Lenny, we go play disc golf a lot. And if I have a, a branch in my way, if I'm stuck behind a tree, I don't want to be there. It, because it's what? It's hard. I want everything in my life to be easy. And guess what? It's not possible. It is, it is not possible. Hard things are going to come. I'm going to be stuck behind a tree, metaphorically, physically. Like, life sometimes sucks, right? You know, if we're just being straight up honest in here, having a good conversation with family, life sucks at times. And guess what? I hate that. I, I don't want that. I, I never want it again. I pray all the time, God, make my life the smoothest life that anyone has ever had on the planet. That's why I, I pray that, because I don't want any trouble. I want no trouble. I want no trials. I don't want to do anything hard. So now that I've told the truth about myself, how do you feel? Ask, ask, ask yourself that same question. Do you want troubles in your life? Yeah. Do, do you want an easy life? Yes, everyone in here wants an easy life. 
And yet James reminds us that trials, that battles, that hardships play an important part in our spiritual maturity. So going through that hell on earth builds what? It builds endurance. And endurance will have a what? Perfect result, which includes making us perfect and complete. If you don't have trials, if you don't have hard times, you don't get endurance with your faith. And if your faith is not being endured, then you're not getting that perfect and complete work that needs to be in you. Maturing, perfection, growth, whatever you want to call it, it has one pathway, and that's through. All of those words are a process. Maturing, you have to go through a maturing process. Perfection, have to go through a process. Growth, process. That's right, man. If, if you walk with God long enough, he'll take you through some processes to help you change. Raise your hand if you've ever been through a process. You know, everyone in here has been through a process. So I, I have a kid right now in one of my sixth grade classes. Um, such a funny little guy. Um, he complains probably half of the class. We've got 40-minute 40 40 minute classes, and he complains for 20 minutes um, that his knees and shins are hurting all the time. And do you know what I tell him is causing his discomfort? Growing pains. Everybody wants to grow, but nobody wants to hurt. I'll say that again. Everyone wants to grow, but nobody wants to hurt. You can't have one without the other. But take heart, because growing pains are temporary, but growth is permanent. Can I get an amen on that? You know, the, the, the pain's going to be temporary. I was, I was telling a bunch of people last night at Committed. Uh, we had a bunch of people that have been struggling with depression and a bunch of different stuff. And I said, you know what? The Lord wants me to remind you that there may be pain in the night, but, but joy is coming in the morning. Your, your joy is still coming. The morning, the sun still has to rise on whatever you're going through. So believers, you can embrace the awkwardness and the discomfort of the maturing process because you know you will love the result. Everyone loves the result. No one loves the process. You know, you know it, it reminds me of uh, the Alabama football team dynasty, right? I wish Jared was here because he would be going crazy. Um, but Nick Saban is one of the greatest coaches of all time. You know, they have one of the best records of all time. They had such a dominant run in the college football playoffs and if you're not a sports person, I'm sorry. Um, but, you know, they only got that way because of the process that they took. You know, the way that they do things and the process that they have taken, it's, it's become perfect through the process and the hard work. So how do you get through the maturing process? How do, how do, you, how do you get through the day-to-day -day struggle of getting through and growing in your walk with Christ? So, so trials don't produce change overnight. Um, tests don't automatically make us complete or mature. We have to go through them. That, that's why David said, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you know, that he's not going to face, like, he knew that the only way that he was going to get the result of those green pastures was walking through the valley of the shadow of death. So David wrote this psalm knowing how we get through, and that's through what? Prayer. Prayer. Songs. Worshiping, you know. Prayer is, uh, is our connection to God in the midst of the trials we go through to mature us. So I was talking to a guy this week. He, he just recently started coming to Guy's Night. Um, he is trying to get off drugs, and he also is, has a kid on the way. A wonderful guy. Very humble guy. 
Um, and, you know, he was like, I, I need a reason to believe. He said, I, I need God to show me why I, I should believe in him. And I said, well, well, man, what's wrong? He said, I, he said, I know I need to change, but I just, I need to know why I need to change. So I gave him this example. I said, you've admitted that there's something off in your life, right? That there's something wrong, that there, there needs to be a fix in your situation. He said, yeah, I, I will admit that. You're, you're exactly right. I said, so if there is something wrong with your car um, and it needs fixed, what are you going to do? He said, well, I'm going to take it to the person who made the car so that they can fix it. I said, so what's any different about human beings? If you're a human being, why would you not go to the person that made you to get fixed? And, and he said, that's, that's very interesting. I said, well, it's not interesting. I said, it's, it's been the idea since the beginning of time. I said, I said, do you truly think that that big of a thought process would come from a human being? He, he said, well, that, that makes me think even more. I said, I said, the only reason that we have that idea is because that was God's original idea. When he put us on the planet, he knew that we were going to walk through things, and he wanted us to come straight to him when that happened. So I told him, prayer, change us. prayer changes us. Prayer changes circumstances around us. Yes, we know that, but most importantly, it transforms you and me. Prayer connects our faith to our actions. It keeps us honest before God and open to the connection and the correction of Holy Spirit. It leads us toward perfection, growth, maturity, and toward completeness. When we pray, we mature. When you're taking the steps to ask God, Lord, transform me, renew me, help me change my mind, renew and refresh my mind, help me to think the thoughts that, that you're thinking, take everything out of me that I don't need and replace me with you, that's, that's maturity. Because when we pray those dangerous prayers, he answers. We can mature other ways as well. Uh, you know, community, committed, guys night, you know, reading the scripture, the word, counseling, worship. Uh, but I think there is something very unique about prayer, um, especially when we are going through difficult times. Have you ever been through a difficult time and, and all you could do was pray? There was, there was no other thing that you could do except for pray. Um, I, I mean, I, I vividly remember being with multiple people from, from Guys Night and committed that I, I've seen them go through some rough times on their knees, on their face, crying, bawling their eyes out, not even able to speak words sometimes because that was their prayer. So I, I want to do something a little bit different, right? We, we need to mature. We need to learn how to grow up. And if you are currently going through something or you know someone going through something, can we pray right now? Yeah, there's a, there's a saying, right, that you're either in a battle, you're getting ready to go through a battle, or you've just come out of a battle. So we're going to pray for a couple of seconds, maybe a minute or longer, whatever the Lord wants to do. But you have three things right there that you can be thanking God for, praying for, or getting ready to pray for, right? So I'm going to have my buddy Garrett come up here, and he's not going to be the only one praying. We're all going to open our mouths, and we're going to mature, and we're going to pray right now for, for one of those three things. So come on up here, Garrett. So as soon as Garrett starts praying, you, you can open your mouth and let's begin to pray.
Lord, I thank you for today. Thank you, God, that we're in this place. Lord, I pray for the uncomfortability that's building up right now and the boldness that's going to come out of it, Father. Lord, I pray for everyone in this room, whatever they're going through, whatever they're about to go through, Father, Lord, they know that they can come to you for it, Father, Lord. Lord, I pray they start to pray dangerous prayers, Father. Lord, that they know that if they pray them, something in their life is going to change. Father, they, they know that... If they pray that prayer, Father, you are going to have to do something, Lord. They, they know that when they seek you, Father, that they are going to find you, Father, that they, whatever you want is what they want, Father, Lord. I pray that they continue to just search you, Father, right now, Father. I pray everyone in this room is just able to cry out to you, Lord, not just cry out to themselves, Lord, but is able to open their mouths, Lord, and just cry out and just tell you what they need, Father, to be able to just with boldness, Father. Lord, let us not just sit in the shadows any longer. Let us not just sit there and keep our mouths shut and not let you know what we need, Father. Let not us keep it to ourselves, Lord, but let the people around us be able to hear that we are bold enough to ask you for what we need. Father, I thank you that even, even before we're in the situation, Father, you've already taken care of it. Lord, you're already there, Lord. We just need to know that you are the one that has it, that you are the one that is in that situation, Father. Let us not just be, let us not be so complacent in our lives that we, we forget that we need to be bold. Father, that we need to be ready for whatever warfare is coming our way. But if we know the one that is standing with us, Father, we don't need to be scared. Father, that we're going to be taken to the pasture, Father. Even though we're going through the valley, you are going to lead us to the pasture. Father, thank you for what you're going to take us through and what we're going to be taken to. In your name we pray. Amen. That doesn't make you feel better, then you probably aren't praying right. Thank you, Garrett. Come on. Come on now. You better praise him. Come on. Come on. Yes, Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on. Come on. Don't let her be the only one praising the Lord. You've got something to praise God about. Has he spared your life? Has he ever kept you safe? Come on. You've got something to praise him for. You got family that's ever come home? Come on. You got a reason to praise him. Hallelujah. Mm. Wow. Mm. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Mm. So, so often we, we turn to prayer in an attempt to get out of tough times, right? When that doesn't work, we pray to get through the tough times. I think it's time to start praying to grow through the tough times. It's, it's time to grow through and not just go through. So let me ask you a question. What if God wants to respond to our prayers by causing us to be bigger, more complete, more mature people, and most importantly, I loved what Garrett was saying, more bold Christians. You know, if you go and read the book of Acts, what are they always praying for? Boldness in the Holy Ghost. That's what they're praying for. Why have we stopped praying for boldness in the Holy Ghost? People want to see revival in the streets and the cities. People want to see people coming back to church. How are we going to get people in church? How are we going to get people in the kingdom if you're not being bold when you leave this place? James talks about personal growth in the context of trials and endurance. In many circumstances, I have had to be forced to grow. Uh, there are many battles 
that come unannounced and tools come out of you that only come out because you're in the fight. You ever been in a fight? You had no clue what to do and then all of a sudden something just pops up. You're like, well, how in the world did I know to do that? It's the Holy Spirit. So three quick things to think about while maturing. Write this down. Number one, growth takes work. Let's li- listen to these words associated with maturity. Painful, selfless, humbling, laborious, gentle, meek. Your body, you know, to make a six-pack like mine, it takes a lot of work. Why would something that takes work naturally not also take work supernaturally? To become mature, you're going to have to work. So if you're going to grow, you have to put in the work, and prayer is a big part of that work. So let me encourage you right now. Pray through your trials. Pray through your challenges. Pray through your doubts and your fears. Mm. Pray through your screw-ups. Pray through your frustrations. Pray through your character flaws. Whatever, whatever you are going through in this life, you know, if your life is as smooth as mine, you know, still pray about it. You know, it can always be smoother. If you want God to grow you, pray this verse. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. That's a dangerous prayer right there. To ask God to test you, to ask God to transform you and lead you in the way everlasting. That's why, you know, it's a narrow path being like Christ. And sometimes it's hard work. But in the end, what do we, we love the results. So pray that prayer. And, you know, we all have blind spots. We all have toxic thought processes. You know, when, when you see somebody walking on the street, you probably have a, a dirty thought from time to time. And when you're talking to people at work or your family members, you probably have thoughts, you know, that are toxic and you probably shouldn't have about them. We all go through that. We're all learning. We're all growing. So when you do have those thoughts, meditate on this scripture. Renew your mind with this scripture. Number two, Growth takes time. Growth takes time. You are growing from your birth to your death. That is a lot of time. Sometimes, yeah. <laughs> but, but be encouraged because that means growth is natural. That God obviously made a timetable for a reason so that you could grow in the, in the way that you need to grow spiritually and naturally. Stop striving and trying so hard that you have to be mature now. You don't, you don't have to be mature right now, right this second. Don't treat prayer like tech support. You know, tech support, you, you get on there and you're like, help me right now or I'm sending this back and you're never letting me. You know, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, has, raise your hand if you've ever been on tech support and you're like, how are you not helping me? Help me right now or I'm done with your service forever. <laughs> I'm done. Yeah, I mean, I've done it. I've, I've listened to a couple people in my household do that a couple times. So prayer helps you wait. You know, we, we do not like to wait. We want it right now. And we're in that microwave generation, right, where everything happens right now. Allow the Holy Spirit to take time to grow you. Finally, number three, growth takes humility. This is one of my favorite quotes I've seen in a while. 
a bad day for your ego is a great day for your soul. Jillian Michaels. Jillian Michaels, uh, she started the show The Biggest Loser, if you've ever seen that. And originally, she um, was working at, at a big company, a uh, television company, and she got fired. And then she went to go on to be an athletic trainer and a personal trainer at a gym, uh, not even making half of what she made. She said that what she did was she made herself so humble that she put in more effort and work um, at her job of being a trainer than she did at the media company that she was working for. And she said, because of my hard work, because of my humility here at this small little gym in the middle of nowhere, so many people were losing weight because I was working my hardest, trusting my process that this company calls me back up and I am now a millionaire. So humility is a one-way ticket to change. Do you, do you want to change? Do you want to get the things out of your life that you don't want anymore? It takes humility. Proud people only want change when they're on their knees. And you, you know, if you're, if you're proud, you're usually walking around with your head up, your shoulders out, straight. But when you get dropped down to your knees, there's a little bit uh, less way to, to look up. Because all you have to do is get down on your knees. You don't have to be perfect overnight, but you do have to allow God to transform you. If prayer isn't changing you, you're not doing it right. That's by Chad Veach. Uh, that's a good word right there. You know, if, if, if prayer isn't changing you, you're not doing it right. You, you're, you're missing the secret sauce if you're not doing it right. You know, you know we're, we, we, we pray scripture, right? We, we pray in the Holy Ghost. But most importantly, just pray from your heart. You know, it's a conversation with your father. Most importantly, you know, uh, the Bible talks about that he, he would rather not have sacrifices, but he would rather just have you and in, in, in the truth of what you're going through. Um, one time someone told me uh, that prayer is not for God. Prayer is for you. And I said, that doesn't make any sense at all. He said, why would prayer be for God if he already knows everything you're going to say to him? He said, the reason you pray is so that you can change. And he, he said, the most humbling thing that you can do is pray. So, Frank, if you would come up, I'm, I'm going to wrap up really quick. The, uh, the most humbling thing that you can do is prayer. You know, a lot of times in, in the Bible, when we see people praying, they're on their knees, their faces are down, and they are completely humble before the Lord. And if you've never gotten on your knees and you've never put your face on the ground, being completely vulnerable, almost in a fetal position, I encourage you to do so. And uh, I'm going to end with a story from uh, a mentor of mine named Matt Steele. Uh, we talked about this a couple weeks ago at Guys Night. And he said there's a big difference between cows and buffaloes. A cow, when it begins to storm, they think that they're smart enough to run away from the storm. They think that they know, oh, we're going to run this way to get out of the storm's reach so that we won't get wet and the storm won't touch us. But guess what? It gets them anyway. The buffalo, on the other hand, the buffalo run towards the storm. 
And I was like, well, that's weird. Why would the buffalo want to be wet? Because the buffalo know that if they can get through just a little bit of that storm, just get a little bit wet, that they can get into the eye of the storm and they're completely safe and they're not wet. So I was like, that makes a lot of sense in my mind. Because why would we then run from the safety of the Lord when all he's trying to do is let us go through just a little bit of storm so that we can then rest easy with him in that eye of the storm? So what are you doing today? What have you been doing this week, this month, this year? Have you been running away from the storm, the process that God is trying to get you through? Or are you going to say, you know what? It's over. It's time to do the most humbling thing in life that I can do. Run towards the storm and come be safe in the Father's arms. So if you'll bow your heads, we're, we're going to pray. And if, if you need help, you can come and, and, and get help. But I encourage you most importantly, come do the most humbling thing that you can do. And that's get on your knees and get on this altar and whatever you're running from, whatever process you don't want to be going through anymore, whatever struggle, whatever hardship that you're walking through, take it to God because he wants you to be safe in the eye of the storm and in his eyes. Um, One time I was talking to my buddy Jared and he said, many times uh, in life we go through things and especially when we get in trouble, he said, I used to never look at my parents in the eyes. He said, I just couldn't do it. He said, I, I could never get the courage enough to face up for what I did wrong and look at my parents in the eyes and accept the trial and the battle that I went through and the wrong thing that I did. And he said, you know, with God, that's the, the complete opposite. He said, God will come down to whatever level he needs to get on so that he can look you in the eyes. So when you're coming down to this altar this morning and you've got your knees down and you've got your head down, just know that, that God is ready to lock eyes with you. So Jesus, I, I thank you right now, Lord, that we have this opportunity to worship you. God, we thank you that prayer is the secret sauce of how we get through our lives. Uh, Father God, I thank you that uh, you've used me, that you've spoken to me. I believe that I have everything off my chest that you've given me to give. Holy Spirit, right now I ask that your warm embrace would go in and out of these aisles right now and that you would overwhelm them, uh, these people, your children, with a sense of your presence and peace that they've never felt before. Father God, I pray and ask that any walls that are are uh, built up, that are that have stoned, any heart that's stoned over, Holy Spirit, I ask that you would break down the walls, that you would break down the chains. And Lord, I pray and ask, here's that word again, that you would give us boldness, that you would give the ones boldness that need to rush to this altar and get down on their knees because as they take that step through the storm, there's a storm even here in this building. You know, it, it's hard to accept I need to come to an altar and I need to, I need to see my Savior face to face. Help them walk through the storm of their minds as they get up and they walk to this altar. And remind them, Lord, that in the eye of the storm is safety, is rest, and beauty. And most importantly is your eyes ready to watch them. In Jesus' name, amen. The altar is open.